You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. There's a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you Monday on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Hope everyone's doing well and survive Las Vegas this weekend in the entertainment stress test. Really would like to hear some stories if anyone went out. And we're in Vegas on the radio, but we're on that Raider Nation app on the Raiders website. So we got fans who are listening to us everywhere. Numbers are great. We always appreciate wherever you're listening, how you're getting us. You know how much you mean to me. You do. Even if we butt heads, even if you come at me on Twitter and I get in your DMs, you know you mean something to me here, some more than others. But I want to know how you survived this Vegas weekend and the entertainment stress test. And I'm hoping that there were some people out there that either went to Justin Bieber, you went to... Bruno Mars, Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, U.S. men's basketball, the Aces. I went to Garth Brooks. Did you go to Conor McGregor? That's a lot. All right, I'm not doing the show in Des Moines, Iowa, where I come in on Monday and say, hey, everybody, what'd you do for the weekend in Des Moines, Iowa? I'm not doing the show in Columbus, Ohio, in the offseason. Hey, what'd you do for the weekend in Columbus, Ohio? No, I live in Vegas. If you didn't go to anything this entertainment stress test weekend, if you didn't go to anything over the weekend, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Now, if you went to one thing, maybe you went to something I don't know about. You might have went to a show in a casino that I'm not aware of. Whatever you did, I want to hear that story because I went to Garth Brooks. I had a great time. Great time. My wife had a better time because my wife and Bobby, you can cue up some Garth Brooks. My wife loves Garth Brooks. So... Garth played 65,000. If you were one of the 65,000 with me, what'd you think? Don't complain. I mean, if the sound wasn't perfect, like perfect, perfect stop, don't be that person. If you had to walk over the Hacienda Bridge like I did in 117 degrees, I want an award for that too. I want someone to give me an award for that because I guarantee you there wasn't another sports talk radio host in Vegas. That walked over the Hacienda Bridge at the height of 117 degrees. You prove that. You show me who that was. Turn it up. Give me some Garth, man. I enjoyed this show. Yeah. Fantastic. Turn it up. Allegiant Stadium rocking to this. Oh, it was so good. Really enjoyed it. And again, you know, I'm not this country western aficionado, but I play the part. I play the role. Had a great time. My new home base is the Torch Bar, the Circle Bar there. Made some friends with some bartenders for the future. So I, uh, I was definitely introducing myself to the bartenders at the Torch Center Bar, which if they're going to do the Center Bar right, they should have just, it just flood it with bartenders. By the way, I'm not critical, but I'd flood it with bartenders and not have a line, but it was the first ever event there. And we had fun. But, again, no joke here because I don't know how you're going to get to Raider games, and I don't care. I really don't. I'm not going to be that. You know, there are people on the radio in Vegas for three or four years before the Raiders moved here and agreed with the stadium, didn't want the Raiders to come, and now they want a credential. 
Yeah, true. And now that they used to rip on the Raiders. What a bad idea this stadium is. Oh, it's terrible. How much is it going to cost? Where is it located? How are we going to get there? Where are we going to tailgate? And now they're trying to spin around so they can get a Raider guest on their radio show once a month. Uh, we're going to do whatever it takes to get into that building. So I walked over the Hacienda Bridge at 117. I could guarantee you, and I'll talk about it too next hour, I can guarantee you that'll never happen again. I can promise you that it will never be 117 ever again in Vegas history where JT the Brick is walking over with long jeans on and boots over the Hacienda Bridge where, Bobby, do you have any idea what the pavement was if it was 117? What do you think that highway Hacienda going over the 15, what do you think the pavement and the temperature was, Bobby? Let's just say it was hot enough that I wasn't walking my dog. Yes, you couldn't walk a dog to be arrested. And if you were elderly, I don't know what happened. But I got over the bridge. I got over the bridge coming back and went to Mandalay Bay. Went and saw my friends, the Black Donnellys, the Emmy Award winning Irish crooners and rock stars. They played at Re-Raw and Mandalay Bay. Went there for a couple pops after the show and had a really good time. So it was a late night on Saturday night. Conor McGregor fought at T-Mobile. If you went to that, uh, let me know how that went with all the celebrities that were there. Probably the biggest celebrity event. In Vegas history, other than the great fights, the Tyson fights back in the day. If you went to UFC, who'd you see? 702-365-9200. And again, uh, no participation trophies today, but let's get the phones going. It was a big weekend. We're not going to have a weekend like this for a long, long time again. And you were out there somewhere in the masses of humanity. Did you avoid it or did you go into the belly of the beast like I did? And Vegas pulled it off from the police officers emergency workers, everybody who worked at the stadium who I saw, tremendous. And every the staff was incredible at Allegiant Stadium. Walking in, welcome, how you doing, whatever you wanted. Allegiant Stadium I thought was fantastic. And it look, it's an opening. It's an opening if you went to Lunium, but this was the first concert here with a performer playing music, performing it actually with a guitar. I had a good time. I thought it was a lot of fun. And you know I'm pro-Vegas. I'm pro-Vegas and I want more events to be here. I will tell you, uh, get ready because there's going to be some announcements coming up uh, this week and next week about other events coming up at Allegiant Stadium that are going to blow your mind. Blow your mind. And this ties into the fact that before we had a football stadium here, there was only so many things we could do with T-Mobile and the Thomas and Mack and obviously some of the space at the MGM and Mandalay Bay. Now that you have a football stadium, there are certain acts that are ready to come here, and then you can continue it and do events at the MGM like Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, have Bruno Mars at the Park MGM, have Bieber over at Wynn Encore, have USA Men's Basketball all going off on the same day or at least in a 24-hour period, which makes us the entertainment capital of the world. I am not pro-A's moving here from Oakland. I don't like the A's. I despise Dave Cavill and their ownership. They're a bunch of frauds. They knew why the Raiders were coming here. They blocked the Raiders by signing a 10-year lease behind their back. Fact, not fiction. I was privy to those meetings on both sides, the Raiders side and the political side. I'm more educated on that topic than anyone in town. So if everybody in town wants to focus on the A's coming here, go for it. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. They're using Vegas as a pawn. Mark Davis, when he moved the team, he was lucky to get Vegas. It worked out well for Mark. He was looking at L.A. because... It wasn't going to work in Oakland politically, and it wasn't going to work with the A's. You know that. People here on the radio don't. So it's not their fault that they're not privy to what happened in Oakland. 
So if the AAs want to come here and come in behind the wave and the tsunami of the Raiders and they want to tag along now that the Raiders have left the East Bay along with the Warriors and they have that whole marketplace to themselves in a much richer market. I mean, if you can't do a deal now in Oakland and the East Bay with Oracle, Facebook, Apple, Google, Tesla, I mean, there's billions upon billions of hundreds of billions of dollars in the East Bay to help out the A's, and now the A's want to come here with their tail between their legs and put a stadium in 117 degrees out in Henderson? Good luck with that. It's probably the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. Putting a stadium in downtown Vegas? Yeah, you'll get a lot of people going there. Yeah, ask the aviators how that worked out at the end of Cashman Field. Put a baseball stadium in downtown. you got to be pretty stupid to even believe in any of that concept. So, again, Allegiant Stadium is ours for everybody to hear. If you happen to be a Raider fan, take ownership of it because it's not a stadium for concerts. It's the Raiders stadium where concerts are going to be played and you're going to be entertained there. Again, you walk in the place and it is full on, full on Raiders. Talk to one of my buddies, my buddy Rudy. I said, what do you think? He goes, oh, my God, it's Raiders. I said, yeah. Well, how'd you notice? The silver and black, the white, the torch, the Raiders on the seats. What, what, do, you, what do you expect? He goes, I didn't expect this magical and we just hung out in that second deck over at the Coors Light landing there and hung out there by the center bar which was fantastic and had a really good time there so not a lot of complaining man be lucky that you live here or you visit here because it's so amazing to be in this community with all of the vibrant people all the charity work the professional teams the college teams the entertainers the strip corridor and everybody that's pro Vegas now which I've always been It's nice that we have options like this. Do some of the options turn into a pain in the ass if you're in traffic or you can't get an Uber? Yeah. But, again, that doesn't – then go move to Des Moines, Iowa. uh, Iowa. Go move to Anchorage, Alaska. Go move to somewhere else in Louisiana where it takes you two hours to get to New Orleans or an hour and a half to see an LSU game. We live in Vegas. We have it better than anyone other than when you're walking on the Hacienda Bridge at 117 degrees – but that is not going to happen. All, you know, it's probably going to be great, Bobby, in December, in November, when you're walking over the Hacienda Bridge for a Raider game and you look down at the cars underneath you on the 15, Bobby, because by then it'll be 79, 80 degrees, a little bit different. Look, all you got to do is just get yourself a bottle of water and tough it out. Yes. Ultimately, it's worth it when you get there. Yeah, it is worth it when you get there. So if you did anything over the weekend that you're really excited about, anything over the weekend that you're excited about in Vegas – let me know, 702-365-9200. One of my favorite former Raiders will join us, Jerry Robinson, one of our all-time favorites, great linebacker for the Raiders, could run, tough, smart, unbelievable locker room guy, uh, played seven years for the Silver and Black, very productive player, should have been a Super Bowl champion. He was with the Raiders when Raiders went to the AFC Championship game at the end of the 1990 season. And we continue with the countdown to Canton with Tom Flores uh, getting some of his former players on here. Again, uh, real quick, I'm going on vacation this week, and I'll be back next week. I want to hear from you from here on out. When I come back, it's just head down, head down until January or February, uh, Whenever how deep the Raiders play into the postseason as we have a lot lined up for you. And we're on our way to Canton, Ohio with the Flores family in August. And what I like to do here on the show is take calls exclusively about Tom Flores or Charles Woodson and the impact that they had on your life. But Coach Flores has been waiting the longest 
so he becomes the priority for us. So please uh, participate with a Coach Flores story. We kicked that off last week. We'll do it again today, 702-365-9200. All right, so I want to start again with everything that happened in Vegas. Conor McGregor, U.S. men's basketball lost to Nigeria. I didn't see a second of it. I didn't see a second of it. Uh, Greg Popovich should be embarrassed by this. Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard should be ashamed. It's an exhibition game. It's a countdown to Tokyo. But they weren't ready to play. Nigeria's got several players in the NBA. And that was it there. So not beating Nigeria could be great because it'll give them a wake-up call. But if you can lose to Nigeria in Vegas in a warm-up game, you could lose in the Olympics. Just pathetic. If you went to that game, again, I didn't see a second of it. I'm happy I didn't go. If you went and you saw what happened there, you want to give Nigeria a pat on the back, go ahead and do it. It's a big moment for them and hopefully a motivational point for Greg Popovich to get the team ready to go. You know, I believe that we should send our pros to the Olympics because everyone else around the world does that in basketball. There are professional basketball players from Spain and throughout Lithuania and Slovenia and around Brazil who are professional and they play in the Olympics we sent our dream team and won that was our greatest team of all time ever assembled and we keep putting versions of new dream teams back together but you don't lose to Nigeria and it really gives the sense to everybody that what they're doing here in Vegas is a freaking country club it's a country club at the Aria or the Wynn where guys are eating sushi going out to restaurants which they should they're in a bubble in the NBA they're worth hundreds of millions some of them I'm not going to tell Kevin Durant what to do, but if you lose losing to Nigeria, uh, this team is not ready for that. Let's go to the NBA Finals where last night Giannis and Milwaukee played their best game. They won in a blowout, 120-100, to 100, and everything worked right. Everything that they planned in that game came together beautifully. They played great defense. They got DeAndre Ayton in the center for Phoenix in foul trouble, which I was screaming at at the end of the first game. Said that's got to be the key to the whole series. Get Ayton on the bench. So the big guys, including Giannis and Brooke Lopez, can have a little bit of ease in the paint area without dealing with the 7-foot-8, and it worked out. Giannis was exceptional with another 40-plus point game. Here's a dunk. Giannis, mid-post, far side. Crowder there. Giannis goes to work, blows it by him. To the rim for a two-hand hammer! That was big. Giannis was fantastic in the game. He was absolutely that good. He was unstoppable in that game when it, when it came. Beginning of, the end, uh, beginning of the game to the end of the game. They were trailing by three at the end of the first quarter and came back. Chris Middleton didn't have a great game, but, you know, he put the dagger in down the stretch. Middleton, left wing on Abdul Nader. Three-pointer. Oh, it caught rim and fell. That's when you know it's your night. Touched every part of the rim. Fell for a three. Uh, Middleton only had 18 points. He was 3 of 7 from 3. Again, Giannis had 41 points in the game. Drew Holiday had 21 points in the game. Phoenix tried to make a run late. They played awful. I mean, Phoenix was terrible in that game. Devin Booker, 3 of 14 for 10 points. Bridges, 27 minutes, 4 points. Uh, They didn't have a player. They didn't have a player that scored more than 19. Chris Paul was the leading scorer with 19 points. It was all Milwaukee as they now trail by one, two games to one. Nader tries to answer. No good. Bucks will not take a shot. Standing ovation. It's in the playoff bank. It's earning interest. The Bucks have made this a 2-1 series with a 20-point blowout 
of the Phoenix Suns at five serve for them. And it's on to Wednesday when the Bucks have a chance to make it 2-2. Uh, Bucks radio on the call. If you bet on that game, they wanted a blowout, so that was a good bet if you had Milwaukee and you thought Milwaukee would win and cover the spread. They did that easily in that game. How are you going to bet the next game between these two teams is really what this comes down to. It looks to me like this is no doubt a series that will be decided in the next game because if the Bucks figure them out and the Bucks are playing well and they got their mojo back, uh, if they win this next game, this upcoming game, I think they're going to win the series. I had them winning in six until they went down 0-2. I think they'll win in seven. Uh, this upcoming game, line opened up Milwaukee, minus three and a half. Now it's four. I expect it to go to four and a half as sharp money will come in on Milwaukee. Phoenix, if they're going to win a game on the road, this is the one they want. Imagine if Phoenix wins this game in Milwaukee coming up on Wednesday and make adjustments. They'll go back home to Phoenix with an opportunity to clinch out at home. Monty Williams, head coach of Phoenix, after the game, disappointed that the Bucks outplayed them. They played with a, a great deal of aggression for longer stretches than we did. And um, we knew it was coming. We did not respond to it well uh, tonight, um, especially in the second and, and third quarters. Yeah, they, they didn't come to play in this game at all. And Amani Williams was real upset about it. And he's working the referees already because Giannis had more free throw attempts than the entire Phoenix Suns. Here's Monty Williams. DeAndre had a terrific first half and then struggled with the foul trouble in the yeah. second half. Just given the state of your front court with injuries and, and stuff, just how how much more of a bind does that put you guys in when, when he can't be out there for, it, for those extended times? Yeah, it does. I mean, but that's going to happen. Um, I'm not going to get into the complaining publicly about fouls. The, just not going to do that. But you can look. You know, we had 16 free throws tonight. One person had 17. So, you know, DA is. We got to learn from that. We got to beat guys to the spot, and uh, he'll grow from this. Uh, I, I promise you, he will. All right. So that was an interesting game. Look, everybody. We pretty much just have the NBA Finals. That's why I'm going on vacation. There's nothing happening other than the NBA Finals. And that's it. So this is why guys and gals bail for a couple of days here and there because this is the end of the end. It's the dead zone in the heart of the dead zone. Tonight you have the home run derby. I'll go with Bishop Gorman's Joey Gallo to win the home run derby. Maybe it's Otani if you're going to gamble on that. Who are you betting on for the home run derby tonight? I'm fascinated that there are Twitter gamblers out there, people that feel like they have to give you their opinion on who's going to win because, God forbid, they just watch sports and not have a gambling opinion. That's running rampant now in this town. Everybody looking around going, oh, I'm supposed to know gambling, so I'll give my recommendation on everything. No, we don't need your recommendation on Home Run Derby if you have no bleeping clue what you're recommending. Just because you have a blue check mark next to your Twitter name and you claim to live in Vegas and gamble but still drive a 1987 Honda Accord and bet 10 bucks a game. We don't need to know who you're betting on for Home Run Derby tonight. It's a fun bet if you're betting on Gallo from Bishop Gorman. Let us know, 702-365-9200. Again, Jerry Robinson at the bottom of the hour, and we're looking for Tom Flores' calls up until Canton. Let's hear from you on that. If you got something great to say about Coach Flores and the impact that he had on your life as a Raider fan, 702-365-9200 as we're brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. What a great weekend 
as PTs pass the entertainment stress test. Everyone who went to a PTs for happy hour, for food, for drinks, to get out of the heat, had a great time. 64-plus locations in the Valley. PTs fuels the monologue. Vic in Vegas. What's going on, Vic? Thanks for calling in. What do you got? JT, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Hey, first of all, Jerry Robinson was my favorite Eagle when I was a kid. So before that, <laughs> yes. so that good. That I loved that guy. I loved when the Eagles drafted him when I was young. So hey, I was on that hot pavement with you, but I did not wear. I wore my Skechers walkers instead of my cowboy boots. So, but yeah, was, I didn't have it, cowboy boots on. I just had like regular. You know, yeah, go I out, wore my Skechers walkers. I, I I got off work at four o'clock. Okay. You know, so I just stayed down there. You know. Okay. And just I, I just walked, took my time. I met the entrance by me happened to be right at the you know right with the end of Hacienda. I didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to explore the stadium, but I wanted to. But it's props to the maintenance crew; they kept that place cool as when I left is when we walked in there at sixty five. It was yeah, where'd you end up sitting? Where'd you end up sitting? What part of this, uh, uh, the stadium? Right, okay, you walk in the door right by the American flag. So that's the Ford mm-hmm. entrance, is it? Yeah. Okay, maybe one or one hundred one or one hundred three or one hundred four, like two, like two sections over. There's a bar right mm-hmm. there. There's some bathrooms. It was it was a good experience. I I wish I could have explored it more, but the friends I went with they did the they did the stadium tour, but it was just right. so crowded. You know how that was to walk around. I'll get the chance to do it though. But you know this is the good times. The concert was great. Anybody, the venue was great. Garth was great. Uh, I'm glad I went. Uh, Mm-hmm. This is a, hopefully the beginning of something good. I was laid off for 15 months, JT. I just went back three weeks ago, and I'm, I'm very happy about what the future here in Vegas, buddy. Good. I'm happy you went there and you got over there. You walked over Hacienda with me at 117. Uh, I we walked should back, all... too, because I, parked, <laughs> walked... I just stayed in my parking garage in my, uh, where I work and just walked down there. You know, I work like, right by the Aria there. Walked right mm-hmm. to Mandalay Bay. I took the two trams, the three trams. Oh, you did? I wanted to hear that. I don't know. So you took the trams. How was that? You, well, you, you can get on the – well, they stayed open till 3 a.m. You get on one at the Bellagio, or you get on one at the Bellagio. Mm-hmm. It stops at the Crystals. Then it stops at Park. You walk through Park. You cross the street. You jump on the one at the Excalibur, and there's an express one to Mandalay Bay. And you, you just got off there, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Man. It was, it's not bad for the future. Now, I didn't take a walking back. Because I, I walked down Frank Sinatra mm. to my parking garage where I work. Okay. About 20 minutes. It wasn't bad at all, JT. I'm telling you. Good. Great times, brother. Keep calling, Vic. Good to hear from you. I'm happy you're back at work. Thank you. You got it. Vic, who went to the uh, concert and had a good time. He found a way to get there by taking the monorail, and he walked back. And, again, as the Raiders figure out parking, and if you're buying a parking pass or not, or what side of the stadium you're going to come in on, or what you're going to do, figure it out. I mean, it's not going to be easy for everybody, but you know that in advance. Put your plan together. That's one of the things I wanted to do on the show today is I wanted to recap the entertainment stress test and how everyone got around Vegas from the Ubers and taxis and everyone who listens to the show that works on the Strip. You know, I think the Vegas proves if you can pull that off at 117, then you're good. That's the ultimate entertainment emergency stress test. You, it cannot be any more difficult than that. You cannot possibly have it more difficult than that. And I can't imagine there being more people on the Strip ever other than a Super Bowl, right? I mean, what would be on the Strip that would be bigger than that? Maybe a college football game with a fight at T-Mobile and four or five concerts. It's not going to be bigger. I think that's about as big as it could get unless I'm missing something. So bravo to Vegas and everybody who plans it here and everybody who's still trying to figure it out because it takes a lot of work, man. They pay people a lot of money. 
to figure out how they're going to navigate through all of this. But if you went out this weekend, I want to know how it was in the heat. What venue did you go to? What event did you go to? How was it? I want to hear, did anybody go to Bruno Mars? Hey, a quick message to Bruno Mars from JT the Brick. He's one of my favorite performers all time. I mean, this guy's like a Michael Jackson, James Brown. He's that good. But a buddy of mine said, come on, man, hour and 20 minutes, hour 30 minutes for a concert's a ripoff. Bruno Mars, you got to go two hours. We're not asking you to be Garth, who goes three. Bruce Springsteen, who goes three and a half. You got to go more than an hour and 20 minutes, Bruno Mars, at these prices. Come on, this ain't a money grab, Bruno. You're one of the greats. If you're going to come to Vegas and do a residency, put the work in. A lot of people paying money. A couple of people who went to the show said by the time they sat down, got a cocktail, came back to their seats, the show was almost over. Don't want to hear that. I'm a Bruno Mars fan. The monologue. Man, who is it brought to you by? With all of our partners here, pick one. I'll go Remy Martin because I team up for excellence. I had a Remy Martin sidecar when I went to dinner at Anthony's at the M Resort and Spa. Shout out to Anthony's. That was fantastic. The steakhouse there, Friday night, had a great time. I raised my cocktail game because I knew Remy Martin was in the house. I got a beautiful sidecar. Had a great time with my friends and my wife. Big weekend in Vegas here. Hope everyone had a good time. I am gone, manana, heading to Florida for a week. Going into the humidity of Florida, but leaving Vegas in this heat. We'll do that. The kids will be back. They're ready for college, so... I'm going to be an empty nester in less than three weeks. So we're going to hit the road for a little bit, visit my wife's family, play some golf in St. Augustine, Florida, and come back dialed in for the silver and black. 702-365-9200. One of our favorite Raider alumni, Jerry Robinson, joins us next. Countdown to Canton for the great Tom Flores. The monologue was brought to you by PTs with over 65 locations in the valley and the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 p.m. and midnight to 2 a.m. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore on Boulder Highway in Henderson. Why pay more? They have the super deals you're looking for. This JT The Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. You got some weapons. Yep. You got some weapons. And it's like we've been waiting just for the Raiders to take that next yes. step. Yes. Like, how close do you feel like you guys are to taking that next step in contending? Well, I mean, we had, we had, we're three or four plays away from having 12 or 11 wins. Like, literally three plays. And it's like, we're so close. It's Derek Carr up at Tahoe. He played well. The American Century. Vinny Del Negro won it, friend of the show. Happy for Vinny D. First basketball player ever to win the biggest celebrity golf tournament in the world. Some of the biggest names in golf. He beat John Smoltz in a playoff and Derek was putting up a lot of photos on Instagram and Twitter about the great experience he had in Tahoe. Jerry Robinson kind enough to join us, Raider legend, great friend of the show, fabulous alumni who bleeds silver and black and we get to talk to him for the summer buildup of Tom Flores going to Canton, Ohio. Jerry, good to talk to you my friend, how are you? 
What's up, JT? The Brick, my man. Hey, man, I got a question for you. Did you enjoy the Garth Brooks concert last night? I did. I got my country on Saturday night. You would have been proud of me. You can bring you can bring JT to hip hop. You can bring me to rock and roll. You can bring me to country, and I'll be there uh, throwing the party. It was a lot of fun, and you've been in Allegiant Stadium. I've been there with you, introducing you a few times, and it really shined on Saturday night. Well, you know what? I mean, it's one of the one of the one of the wonders of the world, Allegiant Stadium, man. And you know what, man? Garth Brooks is one of the most amazing entertainers of all time, man. And 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 I wish I had a chance to 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 have been there yesterday, man, or last night. But I just, you know, one of my favorite Garth Brooks songs, man. If tomorrow never comes, I'm like, yes. you know what, man? This dude can throw down. I just anyway, I knew that you'd be there. I knew you'd have fun. But it's great to be on your show, JT. Yes, and thank you, and we wanted to talk to you, and I'm happy the alumni got got you because you played for the L.A. Raiders, before that the Eagles, and the great career you had as a college football Hall of Famer at UCLA. When was the first time you remember going up against Coach Flores, meeting Coach Flores? Uh, just go back in time and the impact that Coach Flores had on your life. Okay, it goes back. Uh, my, my connection with the Raiders was a kid about eight years old living in Santa Rosa, California, where the Raiders had their training camp at the El Rancho Tropicana. And you knew the Raiders were in town in summer camp because the city just just, just lit up, man. And all of a sudden, all these expensive sports cars showed up. You had Corvettes. You know, you had... It, it, you had trucks, you had all kinds of things, and you knew that the Raiders were in town, man. And so I go back to when I was my childhood, when I was eight years old. You know, Coach Flores was on that staff then. But uh, I've always watched the Raiders, man. And you know, Coach Madden and then Coach Coach Flores. So uh, and then I got in the NFL, and of course I kept watching my favorite team. You know, although I was with the Philadelphia Eagles, I always kept an eye on uh, on at that time the Oakland Raiders. And uh, we had the opportunity to play against them uh, the Super Bowl year. We played against them twice, actually. I think it was a preseason game where they mm-hmm. beat us, and then they came to Philadelphia, and we beat them like 10-7. to 7. Uh, It was a great football game, man. It was a, it was, for, for the Eagles, it was a great football game. It wasn't a good game for, for, the, for the Raiders and Jim Plunkett because we sacked them like eight times or something like that. It was just one of those games where uh, we were just – our defense and offense was just – clicking on all cylinders so i've always been a raiders fan i've always been a fan of uh coach madden and coach flores because those were the two coaches that i saw growing up as a kid so uh and then to have that opportunity <laughs> you know i got that phone call and i spoke to coach flores the day i got drafted in 19 i'm sorry the day i got traded from the eagles to the raiders in 85 and uh, that phone call right there, man, it meant everything in the world to me because I knew that I was officially a Raider, yes. and my childhood dream came true. <laughs> what was it like with Coach Flores? Because, you know, Al Davis is this big maverick overseeing John Madden and Tom Flores and Coach Flores as a position coach for John Madden in his second Super Bowl. He won his first as a backup to Len Dawson in the Super Bowl, and then he wins one as a wild card, which you mentioned, and then the second one in Super Bowl eighteen. Just overall with Coach Flores, how he was able to command the room, talk to players, wasn't a loud, boisterous guy, not a threatening guy, and he had an answer to Al Davis, who was one of the sh- sharpest football minds of all time. Not many men could do that. No, that's probably why Coach Flores was just so low-key and calm every time he spoke. You know, 
the thing with Coach Flores is that when you have a coach as a player, when you have a coach that has played the game, that has been part of Super Bowl championship teams, they just command the respect. And it was like, you know what, Coach Flores, he's been there. He's done that. You know, he is a Raider. He's a Raider legend. And just to have that opportunity to, to be coached by Coach Flores and, and his staff, it was just it was awesome because, once again, man, when you know the man that's running your show, your head coach, he knows what it takes to get it done, what you need done. He knows what type of pressure to apply or when to back off. And it was just – it was an extension of him, you know, of the Raider greatness, uh, you know, being able to play for the Raiders. It's like, okay, here's Coach Flores. And the man, you know, his credentials were awesome. And uh, it was a, he was the type of coach that you just wanted to play hard for, you know, because mm-hmm. he was all in and, uh, and we were all in. Jerry Robinson joins us, legendary Raiders. So you've really enjoyed being one of the alumni and amb- ambassadors for this team. And now this is a – Big off season for the Raiders. No fans, Jerry, last year. Now it'll be full capacity, yeah. plus Flores and Woodson going into Canton, Ohio, and everything that the Raiders are trying to prove and show everybody on the ground here. You heard Derek Carr as we came out of break, how close they were last year as a college football Hall of Famer at multiple positions, playing the line, evolving into a great linebacker in the NFL. How important is Gus Bradley's voice now to line everybody up calm down the chaos of last year where players weren't lined up correctly, were out of position all the time. You watched every moment of every game, and they just let let the team down in the fourth quarter. They have to be improved, Jerry, this year if the Raiders are going to compete for the playoffs. Oh, you're absolutely right. There were so many games, and, and just we were, we were so far and you know, so close uh, from being uh, into the playoff run of the whole thing is that – I know, you know, as a defensive player, you know, there's a lot of things that go in with the game plan. And if you're calling signals, you got to make adjustments and you got to be alert for this and alert for that. There's one thing about when you go into the game and the confidence level that you have when you know that for sure, 100%, that your defensive coordinator and your, and your linebacker coach or your position coach, they, every call that comes through, you are being put in the best position that you can possibly be to succeed. Now you just go play ball. And you don't want to think about it because you got enough to think about it. Come game time, things are moving, moving faster than they are during practice. So just that, you know, to know, to be in the right place at the right time is, is the most important thing. But I think that mental aspect, I know the mental aspect of knowing that this defense is called, Mm-hmm. This is the best defensive play this call, and I've been put in the right position to do what I need to do. Now I need to go out and execute with my athletic ability to go get the job done. Just give me the chance to be in the right place at the right time all the time. And last one on the defense, because Yannick Ngakwe was brought in off the edge. So you got Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby, and they got a whole bunch of defensive tackles. I mean, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, they should have depth. It'll be a battle. The linebackers are going to stay the same at least to start with Morrow, who had a good year, Kwiatkowski, Littleton, who didn't play well, a lot of pressure on him. And then they got some young kids, as you know, Jerry, Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen, John Abram, who I know you've talked to in the past. they got to step up now. It seems like Gus Bradley brought in Casey Hayward from the Chargers. There are other players. Trayvon Merrick was drafted to play safety. What is it like in the league when you're in your second or third year 
and you're looking around and you're saying, hey, man, there's new coaches here. They don't know me. My job's on the line. I better stay step up or I'm not going to be on this team much longer. JT, that's the, that's the mindset that you need to approach it with. It's like, you know what? I need to be better than I was the year before. And, you know, during the offseason, it's, it's when you're working on your techniques and when you're watching games, you've got to watch yourself doing good things and things that you don't do so well because the way you stay in this league is the one who makes the fewest mistakes usually is the one that's going to stay around the longest. So it's, it's a mental thing and it's an attitude thing, and, and especially defensively because that's really what I can speak about, the defensive side of it. It's that mental attitude. You have to be right in your mind. And it starts there. You know, I'm going to be the best ball player that I can be on this play, on this day, and in this game. And and you, you approach it like that. And did you know what? It's like I played 13 years in the NFL, and the 13 years in the NFL and the years even at UCLA, especially in the NFL, I started every thir- every every season. I had a uh, <laughs> uh, starting position. But every time at training camp, I was always worried about somebody taking my job. That's the way I approached it. You don't get comfortable. Don't think you got it made just because of your contract or whatever it may be. Understand, someone has been brought in to replace you. We are all replaceable. And I've always, every year in training camp, I'd always get nervous. Even though I had was very familiar with the defensive scheme, you know, the, the game plan and all that kind of stuff and the terminology, I always approached it as Somebody's here trying to take my job. Love that. I mean, that is key. And you had a great long career, but you always brought that aggressive uh, nature and competition to every training camp, every season, and every play. I'll see you a bunch here, my friend. We'll talk to you. We'll see you in person. I'm sure I'll be introducing you at some alumni events. And thanks for everything you do for me in the Raider Nation. Have a great rest of the summer. JT, you're welcome, man. I'll see you in Canton. <laughs> yes, I'll see you in Canton. You got right, it. Appreciate buddy. it. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry will be in Canton for Coach Flores. Really cool to hear that. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed Jerry Robinson and one of the great guys. I mean, when I see him up in Napa, that's why I miss Napa so much. Jerry had come in for that alumni weekend, and he just was so good, and he still is good. Whenever you see him, he'll stop and take a photo with you if you're a Raider fan, an autograph, and really important to Mark Davis and the entire alumni department. Thanks to Jerry Robinson, who's just the type of guy I want to talk about as we count down to Flores to Canton. We appreciate that. Brought to you by my good friends, and I mean good friends, Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com. You get into an accident, they're JT's lawyers. Put them in your phone, 702-820-1234. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Basketball insider Kurt Heelan joins us next on Raider Nation Radio. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town and an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Michael Jordan had four straight 40-point games against the Suns in the NBA Finals. I'm not Michael Jordan. Is that in jeopardy? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Michael Jordan. Four 40 points in a straight two. Four in a row. <laughs> yeah, I've never, uh, no, I'm not Michael Jordan. Uh, but, you know, all I care about right now is getting one more. 
That's all. You know, just uh, take care of business, doing our job. I like everything about Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's having one of the great NBA finals, and it's only three games with these 40-point performances. If they come back and win, he'll be the finals MVP, and it will be one for the ages. And I think he's going to come back and win. I like Milwaukee to win the series. They figured out Phoenix, but Phoenix is going to come back hard in this next game. Kurt Heelan joins us at Basketball Talk, the lead insider for NBC Sports. Go to their site. He's fantastic. Again, he's at Basketball Talk. Kurt, thanks for coming off the game last night. I want to jump in. I loved everything Milwaukee did in game three. How'd you see it? Yeah, I mean, look, it obviously all starts with Giannis in the, another 41-point game. He, he was phenomenal, but the other pieces clicked in, like you said. They they lost the last game in part because Drew Holiday in the last two games because Drew Holiday just had not been good enough. He was very good tonight. And you nailed the other key. They'd scored a Suns had scored 118 points in each of the wins so far. They were physical at the point of attack. They were physical early with them defensively and not letting them get settled, not letting them get into a rhythm. They did a little more of that in game two, and the Suns hit a few tough shots and, and kind of broke through for stretches, but they were better about it and more diligent and just, you know, obviously played with a certain level of desperation. Um, I, think I think there's a stat that a lot of people aren't talking about after that victory is that in such a physical game, and Budenholzer often talks about this, as you know, they like to defend, and they have two of the yeah. best defenders in the league without fouling. And they did that. Uh, Phoenix only went to the free throw line 16 attempts, made 11 of them. That's a big deal that Milwaukee played such great defense and didn't get in foul trouble. They don't, like you said, they've actually been one of the lowest fouling teams for a couple of seasons now. They, they, they move their feet. They stay in front. They're, you know, they're long-armed, but they play it smart. Uh, Monty Williams tried to complain about that after the game. Like, you know, hey, Giannis had more free throws than we did as a team. And it's like, well, yeah. Because Giannis kept going to the basket, and when Aiden when got in foul trouble, you're trying to guard a crashing Giannis with six six guys. There's a lot of fouls. Like, yeah, there's right. It's just it. They really kind of exploited that tonight, and I think Phoenix. That's their next step. They have got to come up with a better defensive strategy against in this series. They're just, you know, Chris Paul talked about them needing to form a wall. So far, their wall has just been DeAndre Ayton, and DeAndre Ayton's. He's done okay, but they're going to need more against Alan Tentacumpo, and that opens up other things for the Bucks. Kurt Hillen is our guest, and I think that the adjustment, it's going to be interesting because Budenholzer had the team. Now Monty, for the first time, very good coach, as you often talk about with me, Monty will make the adjustments, but what is the big adjustment yeah. now? Because Milwaukee stole all the momentum and played that game. The big adjustment, I think, for Monty Williams is to keep eight and out of foul trouble on the defensive end, and then they got to get Chris Paul going. Chris Paul didn't play badly. He was 8 of 14 from the field. But what do they do to get Booker going? 29 minutes, 3 of 14, 1 of 7 from 3 for 10 points. He was minus 13. He's got to get easier shots in transition and points in the paint, uncontested jump shots here because without that, if he doesn't play at that level, Milwaukee's got to feel pretty good about getting back in this series and winning. Yeah, Booker is a guy who can make tough shots and make uh, you know contested yeah. shots with the hands in his face. He's 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 fully capable of that. But I think you're right. I think what they need to do is find a way to get him a couple easy buckets early, run some sets, whether it's in you know get him the ball in transition or something. He needs to see the ball go through the hoop a few times, and once he does, that confidence is there and he gets rolling again. But it was you know I think was he three of fourteen? Not I'm not yeah. off the top of my head. I think that's correct. 
uh, he really struggled just just finding a rhythm. When they were physical with him, it really did take him out of his game. Uh, Chris Paul has got to lead through that next time. You're right. I mean, Chris Paul is the guy who's – he hasn't been on this stage before, but is the 16-year vet future Hall of Famer. You know, like He's going to have to lead through this a little bit. Uh, Kurt Heelan is our guest at Basketball Talk, a must-follow on Twitter. I'm going to get back to the game and preview the next game momentarily. I just, you know, I'm in Vegas, and Team USA was stunned by Nigeria yeah. in an exhibition loss, and we got Garth Brooks playing in front of 65,000. Conor McGregor breaks his ankle. Bruno Mars is in concert. I mean, the whole town <laughs> is on fire, and I looked down at my phone, and I said, what? How is that even possible? And I know Greg Popovich is going to use this to motivate and bring this team together, but it seems like they've been going to pool parties and relaxing in Vegas. That is shocking to me. What happened? Uh, two things. I think people underestimate. And everybody thinks Nigeria is 1992 Angola or something. Mm. Nigeria has seven NBA players on the roster. Like, this is a this is a, and, and high level European guys uh, are f- helping fill it out. This is actually a really good team. Mike Brown, uh, you know, multiple time NBA coach, you know, multiple venue NBA coach, and currently with the Warriors, assistant with the Warriors is the coach there. This is a good team that has hopes of meddling and it's not unreasonable, right? Like wow. they, so I think that that's part of it. And part of it is if you go watch the game, the U S looks like a team that has practiced together about four days. <laughs> they just, they were really step slow on the rotations. They just look like a team and they do this some, a lot because we, we slap these teams together. They're not terribly cohesive and they need to find a way to get there over the next couple of weeks before the Olympics start. Because the first game, by the way, is a French team that beat us in the World Cup a couple of years ago. Obviously has a bunch of good NBA players on it, starting with Rudy Gobert. And those guys all grew up playing together. Like, they they come back together and they're like, they all grew up in these youth camps and systems. They know how to play together in a way the Americans sometimes struggle with. So they've got to find some chemistry over the next few weeks. Wrapping up with Kurt Heel, and you wrote a great column on Becky Hammond on Portland. Quote, I knew I was second. I knew who they wanted. Uh, what have your sources told you on how close she is to becoming the first NBA head coach? Because now we're recycling old guys and new guys are coming in that I don't think have more experience or are better qualified than Becky Hammond. Is this on Adam Silver's radar? It absolutely is something the league is watching, and, and- – you know, I honestly don't know if it'll be Becky or if it'll be Don Staley, who's coaching U.S. women here and, and left being an assistant coach uh, at the NBA level to go. Um, she's back at her alma mater in South Carolina, and maybe she wants to stay there and maybe she doesn't. I, um, whether it's her or there, there's others, you know, I, it'll be someone eventually. It's just got to be the right organization in the right spot. I, I think what bothered everybody about Portland was everybody knew. Like, it was an open secret and we'd written about from the look, I'd heard weeks before right. Stotts was fired that they were, they wanted Billups. It was nobody's. It was no secret. Hammond came off in that case looking like a PR move. Like, oh, we really liked her. We got her through the second round. However, she honestly did. She said they, she thought they were authentic. That's not how it read to the room. And I, I hope in the future she's getting genuine and other women are getting genuine chances and not being used for the PR. Outstanding. Last one as we preview game four. Uh, what's the big thing you think on Wednesday, the number one adjustment for Phoenix? What do you just think? This is a lock for Milwaukee now. They they buried them in game three. They got the momentum. They're not losing at home. 
I, I I don't think it's a lock, but I saw the stat. They are now ten and two in games three and beyond in these playoffs. They've, they the Clippers did the sort of the same thing. Sometimes it took them a little bit to find their footing, but once they found their footing, they were pretty good. Um, at least until Kawhi Leonard got hurt. That's really been the case for the Bucks, and it's going to be on the Suns. But I think you nailed it earlier. It's got to start with. DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, some of these guys, you've got to slow on Tentacumpo a little. He can't get 40 a game. <laughs> you've, yeah. got to, you've got to build some kind of wall and start there. Maybe Middleton and Drew Holiday stay hot and beat you, but make them beat you and stop letting the two-time MVP do it. Kurt Heelan, thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week as the finals wrap up. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Brought to you by Five Iron Golf. Head on out there. It's inside Area 15, Five Iron Golf. I've been using the simulator, bringing friends there. You should. Go check it out once. You'll call me back. I guarantee you'll love it. Club fitting lessons, Monday to Tuesday night, golf leagues, five iron golf. We have one hour free on the simulator. Go check it out. Tell them JT the Brick sent you. The JT the Brick Show is brought to you by Sam and Ash, proud partners of JT and the Raider Nation. If you get into an accident, call 702 702- 820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com.